You and I can respond properly. Now that's the key, and I want you to write that down. God understands. He gives us in His Word the keys that we can respond properly. For as long as I'm in this world, I'm going to face troubles. But it's how I face them that will make the difference. It's how I respond to the temptation. How I respond to the storm that makes the difference. That's what's so important for my reaction will determine how it affects me. I cannot stop storms from striking me. I cannot stop temptations from calling out to me. But it's how I respond to them that will determine how they affect me. God has given us in His Word instructions and inspiration so when they come, and they will come, we could respond accurately, we could respond biblically, we can respond victoriously. Can you say Amen? When they come, one thing, you can rest assured, one thing you can write down and never forget, as a faithful child of God, wherever this life takes you, Jesus Christ will be there. You'll never be alone and you'll never be without the rich resources of His power and His presence and His good promises. When life gets hard, He is there. When troubles mount, He is there. When the pressures increase, when others bail on you, He is there, He is there, He is there. You can say like the songwriter, when sorrows like sea billows roar, it is well, it is well with my soul, for He is with me and He is for me and He's promised to carry me on through. Oh, we have that as a heart. Now here's our outline. David's trial... David's trust and David's triumph. Or we could say the believer's conflict, the believer's confidence, the believer's celebration or anticipation. Faith knows how to anticipate the victory before it ever comes. Roman numeral one, and I'll just explain it because it sounds like nothing's working back here, but that's all right. Back to old school. This is rare back in fire. Amen. Praise the Lord. Number one, David's trial. David's trial. Verses one and two. Let's look at that together. David's trial or the believer's conflict. Verses one and two. Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me. There's no help for him and God. All right. The first key that we see is David admits his trouble. What to do when trouble comes. He's facing a great trial, but he's not denying it. He's not falling apart at the seams because of it. He's not ignoring it, but he's bringing it to the throne of God's grace. He brings it to the place where there is a God that is ears to hear. And there is a God that is a heart that is compassionate and cares about the estate of His people. The Bible tells us, Hebrews 4 and 16, Let us come boldly with confidence to the throne of God's grace that we might receive mercy and that we might find grace to help us in our time of need. I love that. Let me assure you, you will find grace to help you in your time of need. When you choose to go to the rock of your salvation, when you choose to draw near through the blood of the Lamb, you will find a God that is faithful and you will find a God who is available to hear your cry and to touch you at the point of your need. The first thing He does, He admits His trouble. He's bringing it to God. He's carrying the burden. He's carrying the ugliness. He's carrying the offense to the throne of grace. And the Bible says at that place, you will find help. You will find grace to help you in your time of need. Now, initially, David, he feels overwhelmed. You see how the New King James, the word many is there twice. Is there three times in the NIV? Many, many. They're increasing. His son Absalom is ready to send 12,000 men to swallow up his father. You know, the enemy often hits us suddenly, surprisingly, overwhelmingly. You go to bed and the world is just fine. You wake up and you wonder if you woke up in a wrong dimension. You, you, you wake up one day and you start out and the day is wonderful. By the time dinner comes, you wonder if life is, 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 will ever be the same. And that's how the enemy attacks us. He usually doesn't send us a telegram. Wake up, I'm getting ready to move on you. Look out, I'm going to send you a tornado tomorrow. He just hits us suddenly and like a spiritual blitzkrieg. He tries to overwhelm us where he hits us so hard and so fast that we just say, I give up. Don't you ever give up if you're a child of God. 
But this is David's heart. He's, you hear the pathos as he writes out the psalm. He's feeling overwhelmed, but more than that. As he leaves the city, verse 2 says that he hears and he is, he is assaulted by the curses and the criticisms of men. It says that many are they who say of me, there's no help for you in God. It was a time where people were choosing sides. You really didn't know who to trust. Remember, it's his son, Prince Absalom. Good looking. They loved him. People are choosing sides. David's leaving the city. Finally, people are saying, good. Never liked him anyhow. Oh, my Lord. He hears the assaults and the curses and criticisms of men. The, the piercing arrows of accusation, angry critics, verbal wounds, as Brother Hagee would say, the toxic tongues that like to assault, attempting to inflict and afflict with fear and discouragement and pain. Can't you hear them? Even God's against you now, David. <laughs> Not even God will help you now, David. Where is your heavenly shepherd now, David? You're finally getting. We knew sooner or later. Oh, 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 the toxic tongues of wicked men. There is a common tactic of the enemy. He's an accuser. He is a slanderer. He wants to threaten so that he might discourage you and intimidate you to make you doubtful and anxious. But regardless, write it down in your thinking, regardless of what men and devils are saying, it is the word of the Lord that shall stand and abide forever. Men might say there's no hope, there's no use. Devils might whisper, you've gone too far. This storm is just too much for you to bear. But the Lord has a better word for His people. The Lord has a better word for you. The Lord has a good word. The Lord has a sure and settled word. In fact, the Lord has the last word. Can you say amen? The last word doesn't belong to the Congress, doesn't belong to the governor, certainly doesn't belong to the White House. The last word belongs to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And He's got a good word when it comes to His people. He's got a blessed word when it comes to those who love Him and serve Him. He has a word you can trust in. He has a word you can believe on. He has a word that you can respond to with complete confidence that if God said it, He will do it. If God spoke it, He will bring it to pass. He has a word for you, and it's a word of victory, not defeat. It's a word that brings hope, never despair. It's a word that releases healing into the bruised, broken areas of life. It's a word that gives peace that is greater than all life's pressures and all life's confusions. It's a word that announces forgiveness and acceptance, never rejection, never condemnation. It's a word that reminds the people of God that He loves us and He's for us and He's promised to bring us through to the other side. It's a good word that declares God is committed to His people. Somebody, God is committed to you. Others might have forsaken you. Others might have lied about you. Others might have said, I'll be there till death do us part. And they run. Let the scoundrels run. But Know ye this day that Jesus says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Your circumstances can't stop it. The lies of the devil can't hinder it. I will stand by your side. I will hold you in the palm of my hand. And I will bring you through every trial, temptation, and tribulation. So lean on me, saith the Lord. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and He will sustain you. Can you say amen. Hallelujah. Oh yeah. No, you don't got to get back on that bottle. Stop backsliding every other week. Someone you're listening, you know I'm talking to you. Stop the excuses. Stop running backwards. God's greater than that. Don't make God seem small. He's not. He's great and He's mighty and He's able to help you to stand if you want to stand. If you want to live the life, you can live it for Christ will live it through you. Can you say amen? Oh, getting tired of that. Some people got backside every six months blaming everyone from their great aunt to, uh, to the pastor from 1950. Enough is enough. God won't accept that when you stand before Him someday. So you got to make up your mind. You're going to serve God and put the excuses aside. This is the day. Choose ye this day. Whew. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
It's all right to get loud. I know it's early, but you're up early. Oh, Rashaka. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, you backsliders out there, stop with the excuses. Make your life right with God. Start attending church like you're supposed to. I'm not talking to those that are sick. I'm talking a lot of you young ones. You're not living like you ought to live. It's time to get serious with God that God might use you and God might use your life to do great things. But first, you got to come. you got to submit. you got to surrender. Hallelujah. Oh, what to do when trouble comes. It's time to believe the right report. It's time to believe what God has said. It's time to listen to the right counselors. Stop listening to certain people and start listening to thus, saith the Lord. When trouble comes, tell it to Jesus. When trouble comes, flee to that throne of called grace. When trouble comes, stand firmly on the good promises of God's Word and believe and watch and see the salvation of the Lord. Trouble comes, tell it to Jesus. David tells it to the Lord. And that's where the miracle begins. It wasn't a long prayer. It wasn't a very poetic prayer. Man, it certainly was an effective prayer. (laughs) It was abrupt. He just starts out this, I'm Lord! Kind of like Peter when he's walking on the water and begins to sing, Help! You know, when the devil hits you abruptly, no time for King James. Isn't that right? There's no time to write out a prayer that sounds good to headquarters. It's just, Lord! When trouble comes, that's the first key. You've got to admit that trouble and bring it to that throne of grace. You've got to cast that burden and seek the Lord. As I was reading through this this week, it reminded me of an old story way back many moons ago, back in Bible school. And that that take you back a few days. Um, we We... You know, someone, remember, remember the yellow pages? Remember, remember had yellow pages? Amen. Well, someone said, hey, about after classes, three, four in the afternoon, hey, look, I was in the yellow pages, and they got some guy from the city, so they, they were up in the country, they, they, they were another world. They said, hey, there's horseback riding not too far from here, and I called, and we can go horseback riding. So we went, a whole bunch of us went, about six, seven, eight of us, and we went horseback riding, and once we got on our, our, our horses, the, the trail guy got us going and he said, if you want to sing a trail song, go ahead. And immediately, without hesitation, loud, vocally poor, this one guy, I mean, he was tall, skinny, um, a Teen Challenge graduate from Brooklyn, New York. I mean, he looked funny just sitting on a horse. But anyway, he begins to sing and he couldn't sing to save his life. What a friend we have in Jesus. Everybody stopped. I mean, the horses stopped. They all looked. I mean, everybody, I don't know what kind of trail song was that, you know what I mean? Get along with little doggies. That one ain't got a trail song. But I'll never forget what he said. He said, yeah, man, Jesus brought me through a lot of trails. I never thought I'd come through. And the rest of us just kind of shook our head. But in my heart, I was going, sing on, brother. Sing on, hang on, sing on. And listen, he'll bring you through whatever you're facing. Because he's a faithful God. But you've got to come to him. You've got to give it to him. You've got to trust in him. Can we say amen? Amen. Amen. Number one, David's trial. Number two, David's trust. David's trust or the believer's confidence. We all face conflicts, but now our confidence. Look at verses 3 and 4 with me. Look at verses 3 and 4. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me. Remember, he just said, many of them are cursing me and accusing me and they're prophesying negative towards me. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. My glory and the one that lifts up my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. And he heard me. Aren't you glad that he hears you? (laughs) He heard me out of his holy hill. He admitted his trouble and then he affirms his trust in the Lord. In a critical moment, this changes everything. This really begins to swing things. In verse 3, there's an obvious and an abrupt change. He's turned his attention from his enemies to his God. And that's so important. Because you will feed off your focus. 
You will feed off your focus. Looking unto Jesus. You will feed off your focus. There's giants in the land. You will feed off your... Do you see the thing that happened to me 20 years ago? Do you see this? Do you see this? No, no, no. Jesus is my healer. Jesus has... You see, you're going to feed off your focus. It'll feed your fears. It'll feed your faith. You've got to watch what you're looking at. You've got to watch what you're consumed by. How can we tell? You'll talk about it. You'll grumble about it. You'll speak about it. But here He is... He's changing his attention. The only way to get victory in these hard times, get your eyes off the negative and get them on the one that's going to bring you through the negative. Your focus will fuel your fears or your faith. He affirms his trust in the Lord. But thou, O Lord, many are rising up against me. Many are betraying me. Many are saying terrible things against me. But thou, O Lord, they're doing what they have to do. But God, you're in control. But God, you reign over my life. But God, you have a better word for me. You see, real trust in God, real confidence comes when we understand the resources that are ours in Christ. David began to understand as his perspective changes. He starts to remember and rehearse reality. Not how he feels necessarily. Not how things look naturally. But how things really are because God is still on His throne. Now, remembering your resources in your time of trouble. Because your emotions will say one thing. Your enemies will declare another thing. But God's Word has to be settled in your heart. And faith has to walk confidently in God's promises. You're not poor. You're not lacking. You're not weak. And you're not forgotten. You are rich in faith. You are fully equipped by God's Spirit. You are covered by the precious blood of Jesus. And you've been given all things pertaining to life and godliness. So remember and rehearse what you possess as a child of God. David's doing this. You see how he chooses, number one, to fight back. Somebody choose to fight back. Don't choose to lay down and die. Choose to stand up and fight the good fight in the name of the Lord. Choose to fight. Choose to say, enemy, you might have hurt me. You might have terribly wounded me. But I'm not going to wallow in it for the next 20 years. And I'm not going to allow it to define me for another day. I'm going to stand up and believe God and trust God and go forward in God. David chooses to fight back and then he resists releases and refuses to abandon his faith. I'm not just going to stand hoping God will come through. I'm going to begin to act on the Word. Faith is an action word. I'm going to begin to declare my trust in God. I'm going to begin to cry out to Him who is able to turn things around. And I am going to make a choice this day that I will not abandon my faith, but I will release my faith. All around me might be sinking sand, but on Christ the solid rock I stand all around me. It might look negative, but I'm going to believe God that He's going to work in this. I'm going to believe God that He's going to bring me through this. I'm going to declare my confidence and I am going to confess my faithfulness in the Lord. He refused to abandon His faith. Don't lose your faith. Keep believing and keep trusting. Keep expressing your confidence in God. He chooses to fight back. He refuses to abandon his faith. And then he retrieves his perspective. Somebody retrieve. Take back your perspective of faith. Your perspective of hope. You're down in the dumps all the time. But your perspective is on the wrong thing. He wants to lift up your head. That you might see life with another perspective, the perspective of faith, that you might see God, that you might see yourself through the lens of faith, that you might even see that situation through the lens of faith. He's retrieving His perspective. Oh, somebody take back your perspective of faith. Don't let that thing hold your head down for one more day. We see David's responding He's admitted the trouble. We've got to be honest. Lord, I've got a trial. I've got a battle. He didn't call us to deny it nor lie about it. It's okay. It's okay. It's not okay if you haven't brought it to God. It's not okay if you haven't done your part that the Bible says to do. 
He hasn't called this the first church of the ostriches. Think your head in the sand in it, right? You stick it up and you act, you know, you wave your hand and you make it. We're not called to be phonies. We're called to be reality. Can you say amen? Now, if I'm going to be real, I've got to admit it when a trial comes. I've got to admit it when I'm in a fight of faith. But that's the first key. I'm not here to admit it to everyone else. You can't help me. I want to admit it to God. I'm bringing it to the throne of grace. He's the one that's going to give me help in my time of need. Are you getting me? He admits his trouble. But now I've got to affirm my trust. I've got to declare my trust in God. I've got to declare my confidence in the Lord. And I'm going to express it by crying out to God. You see, in verse 3, he's confessing his confidence. Others are ganging up on me. Others are accusing me. Others are being very cruel to me. But you, O Lord, you're a shield for me. You're my glory and the lifter of my head. They can say what they want, but I'm going to confess. My confidence is in the Lord. I'm announcing my trust is in the living God. He confesses his confidence. Then, verse 4, he cries out to the Lord for his deliverance. He cries out to God in prayer. He doesn't just say, well, whatever will be, will be. That's not Bible. I mean, that's the funny pages. Amen? I mean, that's not Scripture. He says, forget that. You can be whatever you want. I'm not me. I'm calling on God to change this mess. Amen? I'm calling on God to give me grace to go through this mess. You you can succumb to it. You can submit to whatever hell wants to throw at you. But David says, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Not only am I going to confess my confidence, I'm going to cry out and bring my burden and my care to the Lord and ask Him to work in my life. And he cries out in prayer. And this begins that change. Without ignoring the problem, he lifts his eyes from the situation to the Savior. He's been caught off guard. He's surprised. It shook him. I mean, when you get a bad report, out of, anyway, I mean, it'll knock you out. It'll emotionally paralyze you for a while. You know that. You know that. You know that. That wife walks in through the door, you know, and they're carrying them babies and gives you a bad report. Oh, you're just numb. You're numb for about ten minutes until you begin to rehearse in your mind, Lord, you're in control. Jesus, you're greater than this. Lord, you never failed us. You're going to bring us through. You're my, you know, you, I'm telling you, let's be honest here. You get a bad report. You get numb from it. It's an emotional jar. When you weren't expecting it, your life is wonderful. Then all of a sudden, you come home and the doctor's calling. Oh, no, he never calls that quick. My Lord, usually it takes a month and a half to get it back from him. Uh-oh, uh-oh. We've all been there. The title of this message is what to do when trouble comes. Because trouble is coming. In this world, you're going to have it. Jesus said that. I dare someone call Jesus a man of, of unbelief, all right? Jesus was a man of faith, and he understood reality in a fallen world. Trouble is part of life. But it's how you and I respond to that trouble that makes the difference. But we have to be honest, when trouble hits, and we didn't see it coming, and it's something jarring, it'll blow you away. Forget walking by feelings. You don't even feel human sometimes. I mean, you just feel, isn't that right? You're numb. You're paralyzed. Then that Holy Ghost within you. This still small voice usually begins to break up the ice of that emotional paralysis. Remind you of the goodness and the mercy of God. Remind you of the faithfulness and the compassion of the Savior. You start thinking back about what you've gone through and the times He's rescued you. And all of a sudden that fire begins to, all of a sudden, now perspective. Perspective is starting to lift. Oh, this is what's happening with David. This is what's happening. He, he, he starts to look to the Lord. And as he looks to the Lord, he starts getting that second spiritual wind, so to speak. He's in danger. But now he remembers and recognizes and declares that God is his shield. He's in sorrow. He's broken. It's his son that's doing this. It's not a Philistine. It's not an Amorite. It's bad enough when the devil's crowd attacks you. But when it's your own flesh and blood and someone close to you that does something, it has a, a deeper level of pain and affliction, does it not? Yes. He's in sorrow, but he knew the Lord was his glory and the lifter of his head. David's breakthrough, David's turnaround comes when he remembers. He might have been forced off his throne, but thank God, Jehovah was still on His throne. Can you say amen? Amen. And at the end of the day, what matters most is that God is still on His throne. 
somebody God is still on His throne. It might seem like everything's falling apart, nothing's coming to pass, but God is still on His throne and God's promise is still secure and God's faithfulness is still great and God's love for you is still certain. God is still on His throne and He has not forsaken thee. He has not lost track of thee. And He is going to bring you through it. You'll trust Him and look to Him. But this is what David is finding out. I was driven off my throne. But oh, there's a greater King and He's never driven off His. Oh, hallelujah. Here David, he confesses confidence. He's crying out to God. And as he does this, as he begins to put that perspective back on the One who's ruling and reigning, he discovers three marvelous resources. He's reminded of three marvelous resources that are available to him and to every other child of God in our times of crisis. Number one, he saw the safety of the Lord. Verse three, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. Literally, shield encircling me. It's literally a shield all around me. I love that. God's got you covered, man. God's got you covered. Trying to say, I gotta go by myself. No, you're never by yourself. You're a child of God. The Lord's with you and He's got you surrounded. Who's gonna watch my back? Jesus got your back. Come on. Isn't that good to know? In this world, you need someone to have your back. <laughs> In this life, you better have someone kidding. Good thing we got Jesus. He says, number one, He saw the safety of the shield. Remember, He's running for His life. He don't have time to pack a bag, man. He, he's ready. He's gone. I mean, one day He's enjoying the castle and the palace and He's enjoying it. Because you don't know things are that close to home. You don't, you don't hear about it. The next thing you know, your son, Prince Absalom, has turned the hearts of the people. He's got half the army siding with him. He's got half the government siding with him. He's got tribes pulling over to his side. David, run. David, run. I mean, how do you like that? In the middle of your day, flee. I mean, you don't even got time to pack a bag. Run! David's older at this point in life. Man, when you're younger, you just dig in and fight everything. Amen? You fight things you probably shouldn't fight. When you're young, you just, you know, just bring it on. Isn't it right? You get beat, you lick your wounds, you get back up and drive back in. Isn't that true? But the older you get, it's like, oh man, a little wisdom. Let the younger ones fight it out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, the older you get, you know, it's like, alright, let the youngsters do their thing. I'm gonna, I want the easy boy chair. So Dave, he got flee. He's got flee. He's leaving everything behind. And he don't know who's coming with him. You know, that's a terrible thing. When there's a crisis in life and you don't know who's going to stand with you. Whew. That's a terrible thing. Oh. Well, number one, he recognizes and he saw the safety of the Lord. I no longer have these big fortresses to protect me. I'm fleeing for my life. I'm trying to run to the desert where I can hide in the caves like I did as a young man from King Saul. But one thing I realized God, you're a shield all around me no matter where life takes me. Oh, the things I trusted in, I don't have anymore. The things that I put my security in before, I can no longer, I'm not there. But Lord, you're here. Absalom's troops are on his heels. There's treachery, there's rebellion, there's deception in the land. Who can I trust? David knew that even, even then, he's surrounded by the protection of God. Psalm 125 and verse 2, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people both now and forevermore. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? God surrounds His people. God surrounds you. God surrounds me. I love Psalm 34 and verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear Him to save them and deliver them from harm. It's a good thing to fear the Lord. Amen? It's a good thing to fear the Lord. Life might throw you somewhere, but when you're a man or a woman that fears the Lord, you can declare Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps all around them that fear God. I fear God, therefore I've got confidence His angels are watching out for me. Amen? David, number one, he realizes, he sees the safety of the Lord. I'm not in my castle anymore. I don't have all the bodyguards around me anymore. I just ran for my life. 
I ran to the first cave that will hide me. But even here, God is a shield for me. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. But secondly, he saw the sufficiency of the Lord. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. My glory, my glory, my sufficiency, my honor, my provision, my esteem comes from God. You see, David's saying, I know I left the palace in the servants, in the support system back there. I know I left the gold and all the resources and all the privileges of, uh, of being king. I left that back there. But as long as I have you, Lord, I've got all that I need. Whew. Seems like I've been cut off. It seems like um, I'm hemmed in. It seems like the supply line has dried up. But, oh God, You are my glory. You are my sufficiency. God is my source even in the hard and unexpected places of life. Even here and even now, friend, God knows where you're at and God knows how to reach you. God knows where you're at and God knows how to reach you. He's saying, but Thou, O Lord, not only are You a shield for me, You're my glory. You're my sufficiency. Again, I'm running for my life. We have no food. We have no provision. We have no... And all the resources are back in Jerusalem. I'm just fleeing for my life. But Father, as long as I got You, I got all that I need. As long as You be with me, who can be against me? As long as You are with me, the provision will be there. And the grace will be there and the wisdom will be there and the strength will be there. As he begins to get his perspective fixed where it belongs. Now remember out here hadn't changed a whole lot. That comes later. First I've got to change here. First I've got to redirect. But as he cries out and confesses and looks to the Lord, he's reminded of the reality, God's my shield. They can bring on all the troops they want. I will not fear ten thousands of people that set themselves against me. Why? Because thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. Wow. I don't have to fear because God's my shield. I don't have to give in and act like someone that don't know God because I do know God and He's my shield. Hallelujah. My glory. You're my glory. My glory is not in my castle. My glory is not in my throne. My glory is not bringing out all the, you know, what do they call them? The, the crowns. No, no, no. That's not my glory. He's saying, Father, you're my glory. Amen. You're my sufficiency. I, I, I'm not a great king because I have a great castle. I'm a great king because I serve a great God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You're my sufficiency. But, but the plant shut down. I know that can challenge your faith. But God is your sufficiency. But, but the stock market went this way, that way, and the other way. Oh, that's a terrible thing. But God is your sufficiency. The person said they'd help me. They promised they'd help me. And now they won't even return my call. Oh, I know that's a bug you. That's frustrating. But the fact remains, God is still your sufficiency. Trust in Him. He knows where you're at and He knows how to reach you. Saw the safety of the Lord. He saw the sufficiency of the Lord. And finally, he recognizes the strength, the help of the Lord. For thou art my glory and the lifter of my head. Mm. God lifts up our heads when we feel put down. Life and the enemy and darkness and discouragement will try to put your head down. We are a negative person. Where you're a critical person, where you're a complaining person, that should never ever describe the child of God. You don't find that in the fruit of the Spirit, certainly. You won't find that anywhere being applauded in Scripture as a godly attribute. My glory and the lifter of my head. Sin brings a man down, salvation lifts him up. The sorrows and the cruelties of life bring our heads down. But the joy and the victory of the Lord lifts a man up. Oh, mistakes that we all make. Failures that we all put a person down. 
but the forgiveness and restoration and new beginnings of God lift a man up. You might have been put down by your own mistakes. You might have been put down by the cruelty of others. But Jesus wants to lift you up. Jesus wants to take you and give you a new beginning. Jesus wants to give you a perspective of faith and a new hope to believe and a new joy in believing. Somebody, God wants to give you a new joy in believing. You haven't stopped believing, but you've lost the joy of believing. And the Lord this day wants to restore your joy in believing. He saw the strength and the help of the Lord. Sometimes life hits us and we hang our heads. Sin, sorrow, failures put us down, but Jesus lifts us up. And I pray this day that, oh Lord, reach down, Lord Jesus, and restore the smile, the song, the joy, the hope of those that have been brought down and those that have not yet been restored to that place. He wants to restore hope an expectation in the lives of His people. He wants to remind us that no matter what we go through, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. The resources. David had a trial, and he admits it. He brings the situation honestly to the Lord. Help me, Lord. They're coming at me, Lord. This is what's going on, Lord. We come boldly this morning to the throne of grace. But the Bible says that's where we will find help in our time of need. It's there. It is there. Trial and then trust. He had a trial, but he affirmed his trust. Men are saying this, I'm going through that, but thou wilt, Lord. But thou wilt, Lord. My shield, my sufficiency, my strength. And then lastly, David's triumph or his celebration. I like to call it the anticipation of victory. Because before it comes, David's giving God a praise. Very quickly, verses 5 through 8. Very quickly, verses 5 through 8. Hallelujah. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. Listen. While you sleep, God works. Hmm. While you're sleeping, God is working. You don't got to stay awake up all night, tossing and turning, worrying about what you can't do a thing about. You see, nothing had changed on the outside. But once David got his perspective, amen, once David got that fresh remembering of who God was and he called on the Lord and came to that throne of grace, all of a sudden, in the midst of it all, because now I'm trusting God, amen, in the midst of it all, he says here, verse 5, I lay down and slept. Isn't that wonderful? He says, I awoke for the Lord sustained me. Woo! Go to sleep. God's at work. Amen? Amen. Go to sleep. God's working out His plan. Oh, I love that. While you're sleeping, God is working. So somebody go ahead and rest in the Lord tonight. It's going to be all right. Give it to the Lord. Get a good night's rest. Let God work on your behalf. All right. Verse 6 now. This is His confession. Again, nothing has changed. This is still the night of betrayal. But yet faith and perspective has come alive. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. This is the power. He confesses faith is declaring what it believes. Do you believe it? Declare it. Do you believe that? Declare it. Do you really trust Him? Then say it. Faith declaring what it believes. I will not be afraid. And then lastly, verse 8, salvation belongs to the Lord. He's answering the critics from verse 2. There's no help for him in God. He says, oh yeah, guess what? My salvation comes from God. My deliverance comes from God. He goes, "Uh uh-uh. He answers the critics. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. Wow. What to do when trouble comes? Well, I'll tell you what. One of the greatest troubles anyone could ever have is to not know your heart's right with the Lord. That's the greatest trouble, is it not? You can lose a whole lot of things. Don't lose your soul. So as we begin to end the service and pray our final prayers, if things aren't right between you and the Lord, better make them right. Don't put them aside. Don't ignore this opportunity to surrender your heart and make a fresh altar of devotion to Christ. What to do when trouble comes. If your heart's not right with God, it's not enough to think it's okay. 
It's not enough to hope it's okay. You need to know it's okay. And if you have the slightest doubt, wherever you're at, make an altar. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm going to turn from these things that I know you're not pleased with. I'm going to start serving you faithfully and consistently from here on in. That's simple prayer. But you've got to pray it. You've got to believe it. It's time to make a fresh surrender to God. That's the greatest trouble now. Those that are walking with God. Those that are walking with God. Maybe you're going through something. It's a trouble, a trial, a temptation, a storm. Let's spend some time telling the Lord what it is and then affirming our confidence in God to bring us through. Let's never be too ashamed to bring our troubles to God. Let's never be ashamed like God's going to scold us. You should have known better. Let's never think we've come to the place where we can't bring our trials and troubles to the Lord. But let's admit our troubles and then let's affirm our trust. Let's tell the Lord what we're facing. Let's ask the Lord for His help. And then let's declare our confidence that He will bring us through, just like He has so many other times. And then as we pray at the end, I'm going to begin to pray. And if you have a need, if it's a physical need, reach up to God. If it's a want for a fresh filling, reach up to God. Something going on in the house or in the finance, reach up to God. We're going to believe that God is going to touch you and God's going to begin to release the working of His power in your life. Let us pray. Father, we want to thank You so much for Psalm 3. We thank You for the inspiration and the instruction of this psalm. We thank You, Lord, for the reality that we all go through troubles and trials. Every one of us face things that we didn't see coming. Things that try to uproot our faith and knock us off our confidence. But Lord, for the encouragement that we have that we can come to the throne of grace. Lord, we come to that throne with the expectation that at Your throne of grace we will find help. We will find grace to help us in our time of need. Father, You know each one of these people by name. You know every situation. You know every circumstance. Father, speak to them. I pray those that might be listening and their hearts are not where they need to be. Somehow they've cooled off. Somehow they've gotten into what they shouldn't have gotten into. Today is a day of a fresh surrender. Today is a day of coming clean and making a new altar. Father, speak to them. Father, work in their hearts and give them a fresh forgiveness, a new beginning now in Jesus' name. And Father, for those that are loving You and they're just fighting the good fight of faith, Father, as we look to You, we confess our cares. We cast the care and we ask You, Lord, to move in this situation. We thank You in advance, Lord, that You will move, that Your promises are certain and faithful. Father, in the name of Jesus, answer the cries of Your people. You know each one of their needs, whatever it is, Lord. If it's physical, Father, in the name of Jesus, let Your healing power flow now. Father God, now, let a healing touch be released. Let that thing go. And let the strength and power of God be imparted. Father God, if there's a problem on the job, work it out, Lord. Work it for the good. If there's a need in the finances, Father, bless them. If there's a decision that has to be made, Father God, grant that special wisdom and clear thinking. Father, I pray peace for every troubled heart. I pray strength New strength. New vitality. For every struggling saint. Father, in Jesus' name, bless these dear ones. Right now, let them receive an impartation of your comfort, your encouragement, and your strength. And we'll thank you for it. Use them this week. Order their steps. Give them divine appointments. And bless them. And let them be a blessing. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen Amen and Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you on Wednesday. Don't forget, um, the offering plates are in the back. Watch your distancing as you go. God bless you.